to Road Muscle Radio, Kansas City's talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news, the greatest views, and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, a freelance automotive journalist, auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, and owner of a sweet 1960 Corvette and a smoking 61 Impala, Brett Hatfield, and 30-plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Road Muscle Radio is on the air. It's Road Muscle Radio on Catfish Groves along with Brett Hatfield. Brett, how the heck you been this past week? Busy, busy, busy as always. What you been doing? Uh, well, I've been writing up all the stuff from Monterey. I'm going to be. Oh my God. I can't imagine. That'll take me a month to get through. Everything. <laughs> Your poor keyboard. <laughs> oh, well, you know, uh, got to, got to find a way words. To, car, 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 yeah, car, 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 car. Yeah. <laughs> got to find a way to keep me uh, you know, off the streets. Uh, also been watching some of the stuff that's been going on, uh, news wise, Bonham's traded hands after 225 years. Ooh, we got to find out more about that. We'll, we'll talk about that in, uh, in our news part. You've, you've also lined up a great guest coming up in segment two and three, uh, Jim Pickering from sports car market and American car collector magazines, which you might know him a little bit because he's my boss. Ah! <laughs> pander much no actually he's got some great stuff what is he going to be telling us about and talking well, to us it, about he uh he knows what's hot and what's not and what's the what the market is doing and we're seeing some really strange trends back and forth and jim knows all that stuff and uh makes him good to work for but it also makes him quite a guest and coming up in Exit Lane Live, we'll tell Holy you. Holy crow, we could do two dude, hours on Exit Lane Live. You've got such a great list. I didn't. I I threw away my homework because I'm, I'm just going to copy off of yours. <laughs> <laughs> and the teacher's going to give us both A's, man. And you're going to get her writing <laughs> cramp. <laughs> so we've got lots to talk about. But first, let's check out What's News. Get your brain in gear for what's going on. Time for What's News on Road Muscle Radio. All right, what's the deal with Bonhams? Okay, Bonhams is one of the three major high-end uh, auction houses for automobiles, art, and many other things. Uh, Bonhams, Christie's, and Sotheby's. And Bonhams just changed hands. They oh. sold. They were established in 1793. That's going to be so hard to, to give that up unless the people who had, you know got it just got gajillions of dollars. Well, and that's that's kind of the hitch. The terms of the sale aren't yet known. It hasn't uh, been made public yet. Uh, but Bonhams, they move – t- they sell wine, fine art, cars, weapons, historical documents, clothing, other collectibles, all kinds of stuff. All the cool stuff that goes in a man cave. But everything you – anytime we see one of these big uh, car weeks like Monterey I just came back from, Bonhams is selling incredible stuff out there. And this year at uh, their Quail Lodge auction – they uh, their sale totaled thirty seven point seven million dollars. Wow! On a hundred and ten cars, a hundred and ten thirty seven. Dude, almost thirty eight million dollars. Uh, and they uh, they had one of the cars in that sale, a nineteen forty eight Alfa Romeo six C twenty five hundred Competizione. I don't speak Italian. Coupe. <laughs> 
there was a high sale for their auction. It was, yeah, it was a three and a half million dollar car. Went oh, for wow. Three point uh, five two five. Major auction house changing hands, and they were sold to a private equity fund. And this kind of brings up the question oh, about – Oh, that's interesting. Brings up the question about classic cars and hedge funds. And uh, it seems that we're seeing more investment companies getting involved in the classic car game. So very interesting. Also, we've got the totals in for the Monterey auctions. You ready for this? Hit me. Okay. For the auctions that were going on in Monterey – Total sales, $371.7 million. Oh, my God. $371, almost $372. Dude, that's a third of a billion dollars. Yeah. A billion dollars. A third of a billion dollars. You remember me telling you the stuff you were seeing out there was just insane? That's crazy. It's a third of a billion dollars. That's more than the GDP for some small countries. That's... <laughs> And that's true. Yeah. Um, when you look at the cars that you had out there. That well, you the- see that m- number and then you go back to the equity firm buying bottoms. They're looking at this money thinking we got to get in on it. Well, and think about all the p- cars that weren't even part of it that were parked at the curb. Oh, you yeah. had millions and millions of dollars just out, you know, next to the street. Well, again, I, I saw four different Lamborghini Muras. That car ranges from a million to two million dollars. And three of them were orange with silver trim, and I started checking the license plates to make sure I wasn't seeing the same car over and over. Well, they're, I mean, they're super rare. You don't see them. There's a handful of them in existence. And, and they're all there. And they were all driving around Monterey, apparently. Well, yeah, there's, there's lots of money to be had out there. On a related note, there's a app out now that uh, if you've ever thought about owning a Lamborghini uh, with suicide doors, maybe a classic Ferrari. There's a new app called Rally Road that lets you buy <laughs> really? shares in classic cars. And here we Can go with me- the investment thing. Yeah, it's it's a timeshare <laughs> on a classic view. And I think it's just sick and actually kind of fun because, you know, a schmo like me, uh, there'll never be a Ferrari in my garage. Schmo like you, there's never going to be a Ferrari in my garage. <laughs> but the, uh, I might be able to drive one for like an hour. How cool would that be? Um, so this app is from Yahoo Finance's Stephanie Sai uh, and a few other people. Who cares? Uh, with Rally Road CEO Christopher Bruno. So Rally Road, it's an app. It's uh, we're not even talking. I want like, to do some homework on this because I'm wondering if the fractional ownership. You know, a car is a, is a is a solid thing. So you have to be where the car is, or the car has to be where you are. And I'm guessing if it's fractional ownership, you've got to be geographically close to where the car is. I watched a video. I think it was on MSNBC that was about a company. Uh, that's what they're doing. They are buying and investing in vehicles. They keep them in museum quality, stored, but keep them pristine. And those are the vehicles that you are investing in. You are buying shares. Yeah. In in classic vehicles. Well, there's a, one like that in New York City. They do it. New a, York a, City. New York City. They do a driver's club, and you're part of the club, and for your fee, your dues, and the dues aren't cheap. I think they're you know something north of fifteen grand. Oh year. sure. It, it, but being part of that club, you can go there, you can hang out at the bar, you can eat at the restaurant, and then you have the availability of. Checking out one of their cars, kind of like taking the book from the uh, library. Oh, no. 
and going and driving. And the cars they have are not chump cars. It's not like you're showing up to get a Camry. No, uh, no. Ferraris and Cobras and cool stuff like oh that. Oh, my. Yeah, oh, my. And so it, it sounds like we've got a lot of companies that are moving to kind of a net jets model for cars or uh, – Well, it makes me wonder, as these things become more and more available as assets to be purchased um, – Maybe that's the world we're moving into. We're, you know, we baby boomers, we're, we're hit, hitting those uh, sunset oh, years. Man. And as those cars become available, inevitably, uh, they become the new, you know, the, the new Bitcoin. And maybe that's not the worst with thing. better engines. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> not the worst thing in the road. I, no, that's actually in, in cool. Because I read a statistic a few years ago that said that baby, baby boomers own 71% of the collector cars in the United States. Hell yeah, we do. And... <laughs> <laughs> you know, on that note, let's talk more about this uh, with coming up next, an interview with Jim Pickering of Sports Car Market and American Car Collector Magazines. Get your thinking hat on. We're going to learn a lot right here at Road Muscle Radio. Welcome back to Road Muscle Radio. I'm Brett Hatfield. I'm here with my co-host, Catfish Groves. Boom. And we've got a fantastic guest today. We've got uh, Jim Pickering of Sports Car Market and American Car Collector Magazines. Uh, Jim's a managing editor of Sports Car Market and an editor at American Car Collector. And he's also my boss, so I have to be really nice to him. Oh, is that why you were saying earlier that he's also very tall, charming, he smells great? He's very handsome. He's very, very, very handsome. Muy, very, muy macho. Very virile. There we go. Hey, did you solid there, but I, I don't think you caught on to that. So. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jim. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, Jim, we're going to drag you on here and force you to talk about all things car. First, we want to just... A real quick uh, synopsis. How was your Monterey trip? Monterey is always over the top. Um, you know, the thing about Monterey is you can never see everything. And every year, I've done 10, I think, now. Every year, I try to see everything, and I end up just completely beat at the end. And, uh, you know, you see maybe 75% of it. And, of course, so, the highlight was the dinner that you got to spend with me. Well, <laughs> it would have been if I'd been able to go. <laughs> That's right. You didn't make it. You didn't make it. There was it. no parking. You know, we, we tried, and the, the problem was that the, the cantina there in Carmel Valley was having a cruise in that night and some kind of a barbecue event or something all at the same time, and there was no place to park. And if we'd driven the press car that I had, the Hellcat, wide body, we probably would have been, you know, up front and center for the car show, and, and it would have been fine. But yeah, you would have been great. It didn't work out that way. But the Ford Fiesta <laughs> just didn't make it. <laughs> uh, we were, we were flagged back out on the highway, so that was the end of that. <laughs> what was your uh, What was your favorite car there, by the way, uh, of the whole of the Monterey experience? What was the one that dazzled you as a guy who knows all of this stuff and runs a couple of magazines about it? Well, I got to tell you, over at the Gooding Auction, there was a 1955 Ferrari Series Two. Uh, it was a basically a vintage race car. It was done up in French racing blue. And it had been owned by one guy. For the Admiral's Ferrari. Yeah, one guy, one owner. One owner. He had he had bought it out of uh, some shop in Hollywood in 60 or 61, and it was a basically a beat-up wreck. 
And, uh, you know, he spent pretty much all the money that he had to buy this thing and it needed to be fixed, you know? And so he called up Ferrari or he wrote Ferrari and said, what do I, what do I need to do to fix this car? Do you have any manuals or anything? Well, it's a Mondial race car. You know, they didn't make very many of them. So of course they didn't have any manuals. So they said, well, take it to the Ferrari dealer there in Hollywood. And so he did that and it was going to be a ridiculous amount to fix this thing. And so he just basically fixed it himself and then, uh, went from there and raced the car for years and just kind of held on to it for those 58 years. And then uh, I guess after he retired, he restored the car properly, and it was coming up for sale for the first time. Uh, And it was beautiful. It was stunning. It was. Yeah. It did just just over $5 million. And it was funny because at at Pebble Beach on uh, on Sunday, I'm walking around, and I see another four-cylinder Ferrari race car. And here's the Admiral, you know, climbing all over it, looking underneath it. (laughs) 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 He's the expert on those things. And I got great pictures of him laying on the ground looking at this thing underneath, seeing how it was different from his because they were all handmade. That's that fantastic. Made. But I, I wanted that car. That was a that was a fantastic car with great history and a great look. And those four-cylinder Ferraris just sound awesome. That, the Admiral's Ferrari was beautiful. I didn't get to see it in person. I just saw lots and lots and lots of preview on it. And uh, I and missed the Admiral crawling on that car over at Pebble. I was too busy looking at other it was, stuff. It was fantastic. So I just one of those things that, you know, when you're in Monterey, stuff just sort of happens and you have to be ready to catch it with your camera. You got to have a camera all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So I was looking at the totals for Monterey, $371.7 million, third biggest year ever. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of wondering. That was just the bar tab, right? <laughs> that was just my bar tab. <laughs> <laughs> this top shelf drinks, man. Uh-huh. They're killer. <laughs> and I'm wondering are we starting to see some coming trends, new stuff that's hot or uh, what, what are we seeing now that we hadn't seen before? Well, you know, the interesting thing about this year in all of the 10 years that I've gone to Monterey, I don't think I've ever seen quite a a high end lineup. Like we saw this time between the GTO, there was a GT 40, the the number three uh, 66 race winner. Uh, There was a Aston Martin uh, race car that brought a bunch of money. The, the, uh, uh, Gooding had that um, SSJ Duesenberg that did 22 million. We typically uh, at any one or two, any one year, you'll see one or two of those cars, or at least cars of that quality, but never this many in one year. And so that really begs the question: Why now? Why are we seeing all these cars in the market all of a sudden? And you know, it really comes down to whether or not you're an optimist or a pessimist on the market. You know, are people getting out of the market while they're getting good, or are they, you know, just deciding to to move things because? now is the best time ever to move things and it's going to go up from here. It's hard to say. I don't know that I have an answer for that. Um, but the fact that they're coming to market, I think should tell you something about the, the health of the market because these guys, the guys that own these cars know a thing or two about the market. They've been in this game for a long time and they wouldn't be selling unless it was a good time to do it. One of the things I noticed about Monterey this year is that it seemed to have a really upbeat vibe. Everywhere you went, everybody seemed to be pretty happy, and nobody seemed very dour. Monterey, is, it's kind of the Super Bowl of our world. You know, we, we, everybody waits all year for it, and, you know, you get there, and it's, it's, you're just kind of living in another world for a week, and it's, it's quite a lot of fun. So it's kind of rare that you see dour people unless, of course, somebody sells something for a half price. I would think with that many, like you described, un, unusually great cars around – I, I would think that would, especially for car enthusiasts, just perk them up, just bring up the the OMG factor. It was amazing. It mm-hmm. it, it was absolutely yeah. amazing. And I think the comment I made to you the other day was, 
We saw four Miras out driving around. <laughs> You're still talking yeah. about that. Yeah. I'm not over it yet. <laughs> in Pacific Grove walking around and, and ran into a Tucker just parked on the side of the road. Was it that light blue and metallic you one? That? It was, yeah. That was the same one that was over at Concour on the Avenue Tuesday. That guy, yeah. I think he spent so, the weekend driving that around. Wow. Well, and why wouldn't you? Because of all the places, that's what you do, right? You, you drive your car in Monterey. Sure. A- absolutely amazing. Um now, given what we've seen come out of this auction, what was what is it you would like to have your hands on, or you would be looking for? What, uh, what like for you, an inv- investment vehicle, if you forgive the sure the uh, <laughs> the pun. Well, I'm I'm into the very long play, right? So I think if I was buying something as an investment right now, I'd be looking at the most low mileage, high quality Datsun 240Z or um, Datsun 510. Or, or anything kind of, of of the Japanese persuasion uh, right now. Because I think we're going to see a, a kind of a fundamental shift in what collectors are wanting to collect as the demographic changes, as the baby boomers start to get out of the market and some of the younger collectors start to come in. Yeah. You know, so I, I read those an, cars are the cars that they're after right now. I read an article that uh, talked about the excitement and the buzz that was around. There was a Japanese Concours. Yeah, uh, uh, that was yeah. Uh, sponsored, I think, by Infinity. Yes, and um, mm-hmm. that it really had an impact and really connected with the next gen of car enthusiasts. Absolutely, you know, I, I had a couple of uh, younger guys with our group, and they were all over that place. They were crawling all over the cars, and it's funny because these are things that I've never seen before, and they're pointing out the things that are wrong with them. You know, well, this <laughs> one, you can see it's not quite right because of this. This particular gap's not quite right, you know. And these are the guys that have learned about these things on Instagram. You know, it's it's fascinating. It's just a whole other world, and it's just interesting how fast it changes. Well, a lot of on th- top of that, though, and the other thing I'll point out is these young guys also are all about Porsche nine five nines and Ferrari F forties. Yeah, those yeah. I think are going to be your your GTOs of the next generation. I think they will be too. They've already uh, shown a tremendous upswing. An F40 is kind of a gimme because it was such a rare Ferrari to start with. But I never quite got the 959. And that's a personal thing. I look at it and I'm just, okay, well, somebody melted a 911. Great. <laughs> but it, it, it really was uh, a, a cutting-edge technology car at the time. It doesn't Grand matter right. that yeah. the current Porsches outperform it in every way. Uh, oh yeah, it doesn't. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. Look at all the other old stuff that is selling for big money that is slower, true, slower than a Honda true. Civic. You know, <laughs> absolutely, oh, <wow>. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and well, I mean, you got to remember, new Civics are putting out over three hundred horse. Exactly, that's my point. You know, it's a, your your Accords are faster than three ninety six Impala SS. Yeah, so what are you going to do? Yeah, you should see the look <laughs> on Catfish's face right now. You just, <laughs> you just totally killed a dream, man. <laughs> Call you Dream Slayer, dang. Well, and uh, it's it's one of those things. It's perspective, you know. Uh, old two eighty three Impala seemed fast at the time because compared to other stuff, they were. But they didn't compared to stuff now. <laughs> it yeah. looks like a boat anchor, right? So, so, well, and there's a sense of speed there that you get, you know, when you're living on the edge without airbags and well, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. when you're risking your life oh, and those oh. are the people you love. Yes. And it's the whole more fun to drive a slow car fast than it is to drive a fast car slow. Uh, I can tell you a lot about throwing a solid axle Corvette with bias ply tires on it into a tight corner and then, hey, let's see what happens. Yeah, why not? <laughs> what happens is you get to see God. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he's not amused. No, he's, he doesn't have no. a smile on his face. Other than Japanese market stuff, and, and with the 25-year law, we are starting to see some really interesting JDM stuff. Aside from that, American, European, what is it you're looking at that you think is going to be a long-term play? E30M3s, E36M3s, um, those have been kind of in play for a while, but I think they're going to go up even more. On the American side... E30s can go up more from where they are? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's it's one of those things, you know, these cars, they were so iconic for so long. Anything that that has the iconic look and was ubiquitous and was everywhere and is now gone is going to be more of a of a collector item. Absolutely. I mean, look around. When's the last time you saw, you know, somebody going to the tennis club in their E30 M3? They're not out there. They're not out there. <laughs> no, they're just not out there anymore. I passed one on the road the other day, and I did a double take because I hadn't seen one on the road in so long. It, it, not even just an M3, but just any E30 BMW. Uh, the so, old the old boxy uh, entry level BMWs are nowhere to be found. Well, you know what? We're going to find out about gone. your uh, your American choice here in just a second when we come back. Right now, we're talking with Jim Pickering of Sports Car Market and American Car Collector Magazines, all about what you can invest in, what you can drive, and what's really cool right now. We'll find out more. Road Muscle Radio. Welcome back to Road Muscle Radio. I'm Catfish Groves, 30-year veteran of the radio biz, along with Brett Hatfield, who writes for Sports Car Market Magazine, American Car Collector Magazine, writer-editor of ReadTheDriven.com, owner of a sweet 60 Corvette, smoking 61 Impala, which just recently won some awards. Yeah, uh, we went out to the uh, Pistons and Pinup show over at the Boulevard Drive-In Saturday. Of course you did. And <laughs> I had a friend ask me to come over, and I brought the Impala, and we hung out for a little while and walked around, looked at cars, drank a little beer, and one best of show. Boom. Right. <laughs> That's how it's done. <laughs> That's, it, it is uh, a, it's the weirdest thing. I've never entered a, sh- a car to be judged anywhere. I've had that Impala in two shows, and it's won both of them. Vlad the Impala is a pretty sweet-looking vehicle. It I is. Won't you, it huh? is that. And it sounds nice, too. Uh, a yeah, so, little, little bit it, of throat. It, it earned it. We're talking with Jim Pickering of Sports Car Market and American Car Collector Magazines. And, Jim, you were about to fill us in on your picks for American cars as uh, investment vehicles. Yes, absolutely. And right now, it's it's been the story, really, for the last, I don't know, maybe three years. It's all about SUVs and trucks. That's where the money is, and I think that's where the interest is right now. Uh, especially stuff uh, that's really clean. Anything that's kind of got an original look to it tends to do pretty well. I mean, like we've seen us. it time and time again. I was I was looking at Barrett Jackson numbers um, out of Scottsdale, and uh, we were seeing fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars for really good original style, uh, you know, K five Blazers. Really, seventy seventy one through you know seventy two, the later the two later years, and uh, I was taken aback by it too. I, I, you know, these things have been expensive for a long time, but not that expensive. You know, I'm starting to look really <laughs> smart with that low mile Bronco I got sitting in my garage. Absolutely, yeah, Broncos, Blazers, uh, Grand Wagoneers. 
Those two? You know, I've seen those go up in value like crazy. I do like those from uh, the late 60s, the kind of real, kind of weird, ugly ones with that big middle grill. Yep. I uh-huh. I have always liked those, and I don't know why. I just do. You know who just got one of those? Oh, no. I was talking to Mike Musto at Lemons oh, in Monterey. He got one, <sighs> and uh, he said he tried to get a license plate that they wouldn't let him have. He wanted to get a plate that said Waspy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I've, you know, I saw them all of when I was growing up, and they were really cool. And they yeah. just kind of, you know, they disappeared because they partly wore out, and uh, people were yeah. taking out the uh, what was it, an inline six that was in a lot of those, and and dropping in the Chevys. Well, and you you could also get the uh, three hundred and sixty, but it was an AMC three hundred and sixty, and you know, right, it, those things got the aerodynamic qualities of a of a rhino cage at the zoo. And but it's got all the wood grain, so you can overlook that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the wood grain and, and that really deep, they did a pseudo shag carpet in those, and boy. It, uh, oh, it's yeah. Like, it's like sitting in a big cushy couch when yeah, you're yeah. on the road. It's great. In your wood panel basement. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's right. sexy. Uh, and the only other one, and just a quick side note, I love Jeepsters. Uh, anywhere, uh-huh. the, the very first ones that came out all the way up to that kind of pseudo Jeepster commando thing that was in the 60s that well, was a reissue. Uh, for a little while, that, and that was just as ugly as a duck. But oh, I love those. But also, uh, and Jim's an offender here. Uh, early Chevy Cheyenne pickups. So yeah, Jim, <laughs> 67, 67 to seventy two have been hot for a while, and they're still moving. But what's interesting, I think, is what we're seeing happen with the seventy three to eighty seven square bodies. Mm-hmm. Those things have been coming on, and we're seeing more of them come to market. More really low mileage ones come to market. And uh, they have all the same – everything that we love about the earlier trucks, these trucks have too. They all they all kind of have that old truck feel, but they don't drive like old trucks. They have decent power steering, and they have decent brakes. You know, they handle okay. They're still trucks, but they handle okay. And uh, but the best, best of all, they, they kind of smell and feel and look like old trucks. It's kind of like what your grandpa would drive. You it know? was what my grandpa drove. <laughs> yeah. He had and actually, blue- I just picked one up myself about uh, – what was it about a week ago? I found a, a 79 short wide that Ooh. somebody was selling here in Portland and I, I picked it up for next to nothing. And uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it yet, but I couldn't resist. <laughs> but it's funny because I had a 72 that I restored. Uh, it was a K10 uh, Cheyenne Super. It was orange and white, oh. long bed, really a pretty truck. And it smelled like every other K10 on the, that you've ever sat in. You know, it's kind of a mixture of mildew and two-stroke oil and gasoline inside, right? It's kind yes. Of that, yeah, that the perfume. Yeah. Smell that you get. Sort of like a pair of work gloves inside. And when I got my, when I got under the, or behind the wheel of this 79, it's, it's just like the, all the other ones, they smell the same, but it's different than the earlier one. You could blindfold yourself and sit in one of those trucks and you would know which truck you were in. I, I'm sitting here waiting, just aching for you to say, brick nose Broncos are going up. brick nose Broncos are going up. <laughs> Not going to happen. I don't know. Is it white? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, that's cold, man. Oh, wow. and, and, and OJ drove that uh, that last couple of years, the 95, 96, it was rounded. Now nah, my brick nose is black and gray. It's sexy. <laughs> well, all th- I mean, in all seriousness, they probably will. Everything from that era is coming on. Um, you know, it's it's kind of it's funny to watch it change, even in your own head. All of a sudden, stuff that was all over the place in $500 is now sort of interesting and you're starting to look at it a little differently and, and maybe you want to buy one, you know, <laughs> Broncos are right in that range. You know, we're talking with Jim Pickering of sports car market and American car collector magazines, where he's the managing editor 
And Jim, your start in vehicles going all the way up to the trucks, the et cetera, was a little ignomious. You had a, a, a quiet start in the car world. Well, I don't know if I'd call it a quiet start. I lived on a, a very small, short little street with um, two other guys named Jim. There were three of us. My father and the other one was, was our neighbor. And my neighbor was a, a street rod builder and a welder. And he, um, oh, it he wasn't was quiet of, at all. <laughs> he was sort of responsible for getting me into this stuff. He was, he was building street rods from when I was four years old. You know, So I'd wander over. I'd smell hot metal and I'd wander over to see what he was doing. But when I got out of high school or I was in high school, I, I um, hired on at a local shop. Um, basically as a gopher to go around and sweep the floor and pick up parts and clean the place up just so I could learn. And um, I spent seven years there, and when I left, I was running the office. And I did everything from oil changes to, you know, engine swaps. And it was fascinating because the shop was, um, it was a small independent shop, and we had about three different techs that worked there, but they were all flat rate guys, and they did not want to work on old stuff. But my boss, the guy who owned the place, all he wanted to work on was hot rods and old cars. And so he'd bring these things in, and then nobody would want to work on them. And so it would fall to me, the only hourly guy there, to work on the old stuff. So I got really good at it. Wow. <laughs> so that's what I focused on while I was there. And um, I went straight from there here to Sports Car Market. I've been here since 2006. Now, I saw in your bio there's something, just a quick, quick mention about drag racing. Yeah. I, I was uh, in, in, in throughout all those years when I was in high school and, and when I was working at the shop. I was into bracket racing at our local track, and I have a, in fact, I drove it today. I've got a 66 uh, Chevy Caprice with a 468 roller motor that I just <laughs> did last year. Um, yes. And uh, yes. I've been trying to drive it more and more because, you know, it's got the, the Holly Stealth, Terminator Stealth EFI on it. I'm trying to get it to learn so that, it, you know, it runs even smoother. It's getting really great. All right. But that's the car I would drag race all the time, Four, and um, I still drive it all the time. 468 roller, have you dynoed it? Do you know where it is? I can tell you it runs low 12s in the quarter, uh, and that's pretty good for a big, heavy car. That <laughs> that's a lot coming. of car. <laughs> it takes longer to stop than to get there. Wow, yeah. man. Yeah. That's a big car to be yeah. launching like that, Jim. Yeah. It, it would be faster if I got a special converter for it and changed the gearing and other stuff, but I don't want to make it to the point where I can't drive it on the street. Holy kind of right on the Right on the edge of that. That's that's about. But I did drive it today. It's out in our parking lot right now. That's got to be about 4,800, <laughs> 5,000 pounds worth of car, isn't it? Yeah, at least. Uh but, you know, it launches straight and it launches uh, hard. Love me the land barges. <laughs> <laughs> More weight is all great. <laughs> I, I see catfish drool on your shirt. The heavier the body, the happier the man. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> if you could go out and locate a super cherry, decent price, what what's your dream car? What do you not have populated in your garage that you wish was? I would find one specific car, and it's, it's a uh, 70 Chevelle LS6, bad and blue, oh, white yeah. stripes, oh, yeah. four-speed. And um, I'd have to look for the, the actual license plate number on it. It's the car that my dad bought new and then sold when they had me. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. The sad thing about it was I think he got about three grand for it when he sold it. Oh. And it's, you know, an LS, factory LS6 car is worth a lot more than that now. But um, I've always wanted one of those. And if I could find a nice one, I would, I would jump on it. Catfish LS6 is 454-450 horse from the factory. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rock oh, Crusher that... M22 four-speed. Yeah. Doggle hunt. Uh-huh. <laughs> you think that Caprice launches. <laughs> oh, my God. How do you not put your foot in that? You do. Uh-huh. You absolutely do. Yeah. You go from zero to grocery store in, you know, 5.6 seconds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Since we've got you on the horn here and you know so much about the values of cars, 
you know, what would a, what would, I don't know, maybe a 1955 Plymouth Savoy three-speed on the tree with a 263 V8 run a guy nowadays in, like, medium condition, do you think? That's a good question. I haven't, I haven't seen one of those sell in a long time. Speaking but I would wow. think you'd be able to get one for, for under 20 if you could find a good one. The question is if you could find a good one, because how many of them are there still out there? Yeah, this is the one that got away for Catfish. He's trying to track down. We may as well do this on here, because this is going to be your best chance at netting that thing. <laughs> Somebody knows where it is. Yeah. Well, I don't want to make it about me, but if we're going to make it about me, let's make it about me. Well, take 10 seconds and run it down. A 1955 Plymouth Savoy. That's what I'm looking for. A two-door would be great. Four-door, I'd go with a more-door. But uh, it had that 263 V8 and uh, was just super basic. Three on the tree. Yeah, even with the radio delete, although mine had the Philco. Okay. I, w- I was living in Branson, Missouri, and I was able to pick up Chicago WLS on it, which I would dream at night. This is a red two-door that went away in 1984, and he's still trying to track it down. And I have I've committed myself to helping him find this thing. Don't have, you don't have the VIN number, though, right? Uh, no, not yet. Not but um, I'm going through paperwork left and right. I'm going through every box That's underneath my stairs. I have. Only we save those VIN numbers. That's a, you know, it's a good reminder to everybody out there. Save the VIN numbers. Write them down somewhere. Just yeah. so you have them in the future. Jim Pickering of Sports Car Market and American Car Collector Magazine has joined us. Jim, I appreciate you coming okay. on the show. And uh, I'll have a uh, 57 Corvette piece for you here pretty quick. But tell Chad not before I'm done with his results. Sounds good. You'll make him very happy. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Coming up next, Exit Lane Live, where you can find a space to show your face. It's all on Road Muscle Radio. It's Road Muscle Radio, where we're coming back from learning a lot from Jim Pickering. Your boss is yeah, it's smart dude and, and cool to talk to. Yeah, it, he's a sharp guy, and he knows a ton about this stuff. I can even smell his cologne through the uh, through this telephone, and he, it was really good. He, he, he smells impeccably I wonderful. I know everything that you said wonderful about him is true. Whatever. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Uh, sorry for pimping myself out to him to try to kind of gig him a little bit about that 55 Plymouth to know if I find it, what I should offer. This is the new quest. We are finding that car. <laughs> That sucker is out there Some, somewhere. Somebody knows where that is. We're going to find it. Somewhere out there glowing in the light. Yes, absolutely. First, though, we got to talk about what's going on. Get it on the schedule for getting on the road. Check out these car events across Kansas City in Exit Lane Live. Brett, you've got a huge list. This is amazing. The list. We could have done two shows just around the car shows that are going on the next couple of weekends. It's amazing. <laughs> And one of the ones I'm going to drag you to, I promise you, is uh, the o- annual Olmeray River Run at Forest Park down in Ottawa, Kansas. Now, Ottawa's a little ways south, but this car show has a couple thousand cars that show up it's for like it. It runs two days. 30 minutes south on I-35, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really easy to get to. Well, it's shorter than going up to the airport. So uh, this thing is uh that's the 32nd annual it's been going on for a long time it's hosted by the over the road gang uh there's an entry fee both day of show or by pre-registration we've already missed the pre-registration at 35 dollars a car that expired on august 31st but uh day of the show it's 40 bucks 
but it's well worth it. And this, there's a ton of stuff going on down there, and this is not to be missed. They only have a couple stipulations, no dune buggies or sand yeah. rails, yeah, which seems that. odd, but I'm guessing they've had some kind of some they've got a good reason for it and no vehicles over one ton which is i'm going to guess is no military vehicles is what they're getting at the only hook on the show car has to be built before 1972 you know and i kind of like juried shows like that i gotta be honest because you go in knowing what to expect i I love cars period you know up and down whoever made it but when you know that it's going to be 72 and older, yeah. suddenly you're like, oh, dude, these are going to be these. This I get to be excited about this chunk you're of, gonna of this thing I You're going to see the really cool stuff, and there's going to be a lot of it. Yeah. Also, seven, uh, September 15th, here's where you and I are going to run into the hitch. It's a... Uh, it's the American Royal Barbecue Show, Barbecue Car Show, sponsored by the Kansas City Automotive Museum, friends of ours in Olathe. Yeah. Uh, limited registered cars only, and registration is quickly filling up. They limited registration to 200 cars. I got the 61 Impala <gasps> in there. You're in. Yeah. Vlad the Impala. Uh, Vlad the Impala is going to be there, and we're going to take off from that show and go to Ottawa. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to double dip on Saturday, October 20th. We've got the ninth annual Special Olympics Car Show at the Theater in the Park at Shawnee Mission Park, 7710 Renner Road. From 10 to 2, free to spectators. Advanced registration is $20. Day of is $25. They've got a 50-50 raffle. For more information or to register, you can go to www.jcprd.com forward slash cars in the park. You know, 20 bucks is... It's a drop no, it's in the not that it's not that bad, and especially and, when it's benefiting the ninth annual Special Olympics. I well, think that's awesome, and that's that's the reason I keep bringing that one up. I know we've mentioned it a couple times, but I want to make sure that that gets a great turnout because it's for a good cause. It's also in a beautiful place. It the really is. The park is lovely. It is. Um, now, what I did to you, I know. And Look what, at this, man. What, what I figured would absolutely glaze you over. I got three pages. Of September 7th, 8th, and 9th car shows, uh, starting with the 7th annual CCKC Corvette show in Lee's Summit. Uh, it's uh, The pre-show is at Tiffany Green's Golf Club on Friday. Uh, check K- uh, CorvetteClubKC.com on that one. We've got, uh, gee, many, there's all the others, so all these one eighth. Let's stuff. get down to the 9th. I mean, you've got so many. September 9th, uh, Harrisonville, Missouri, 15th annual Church, church at a Car Show, Church of the Nazarene. Uh, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., there's the car show opens, registration. Uh, 12 noon, there's a free lunch. There's awards at 1 p.m. Celebrates the church's 50th anniversary, which I think is kind of cool. And uh, that's Harrisonville. Then you can head north to Independence also on September 9th for the uh, 8th annual car show cruise. The Northern Boulevard United Methodist Church at 1800 Northern Boulevard. Uh, looks like a noon to 3, so that'll be a nice little afternoon show. Yeah. And uh, good grief, we've got uh, <laughs> September 9th, Overland Park, uh, Kansas car show benefiting, benefiting the Alzheimer's Association, uh, 12481 West 151st Street, 530 to 730. So you can hit an afternoon and then hit an evening show. $20 entry fee on that one. Uh, donations accepted. Food truck bake sale DJ. And I noticed you didn't mention any of the shows taking place September 8th, and you have to skip all the car shows on the 8th. It's a national holiday. It's my birthday. Oh, happy birthday to you. Yeah, there we go. Need to buy another car and give it to yourself. I'm just trying to help you here. (laughs) 
How did you know I was looking? I know, right? What a guy. So, uh, uh, so much going on. You know what? I'm going to put all this up on uh, roadmuscleradio.com. There's a ton of it, and really, we could sit here and read for the next uh, 25 minutes. Oh, it's insane. And and that's just touching one weekend. There is so much going on in and around. Go find you one, you know? Yeah, there uh, stuff is going on everywhere. And like you and I were talking, we got a couple of solid months here left. Kansas City, good car weather. So the next several weekends through September and October, you are going to be wall to wall. There will be stuff to do all over. And part of the fun of it, I, I love going to car shows and just chatting with people, you know, uh, well, just walking up. Everybody has a great story about their vehicle. And, that, and that's the thing. You know, the car is cool, but the story behind it is usually what really makes the car so cool. You know, you can walk up and see something and see the work that's been done, but hearing the story and how that came about. The, you know, I talked to, this was down in uh, Olathe, it was last year, with a fellow who had a 48 Plymouth, and it was just in beautiful condition. So he and I just started chatting, come to find out it belonged to his grandfather, who passed it on to his dad. He wrote in it when he was a kid, and then he went to Vietnam. And it uh, it sat behind a barn. It was his car by then, and it just sat behind a barn for a while. And when he came back, he, of course, bought a Mustang, but the car was still there, yada, yada. And then it got moved out to a field and this and that, but they hung on to it. And then it was about 15 years previous to he and I talking when he's like, you know, I went and I found it. And I thought, what the heck? And he brought it in oh, and he, he tore cool. it down to the frame and read it up. That thing purred like a kitten. It was his beauty. And it was it was just so chock full of memories, and he and I chatted about this and that. And that was, you know, I felt, I don't mean to sound stupid, but I felt kind of honored because I'm like, dude, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that with and me. And that's always the best part about talking to people when you go to these shows. You know, you know good and well, every one of my cards has a story. <laughs> yes, I do. Every one of my cards <laughs> has a story. And everybody who's got a car that they've owned for more than a minute has some kind of a personal story that goes along with that. You, that's one of the great things about being involved in the, in the collector car world. I love talking to people, hearing the stories, and uh, seeing that connection. And you realize that these cars aren't just pieces of machinery. They're, uh, they're connected to these people. There's an emotional connection there. Yeah, there's a role in history. There's a, there's a piece of somebody there, right there. There absolutely is. And it's, it's really cool that these things – that. People bring them out, and you get to find out these little bits of history about them. And that's why we do this show, Road Muscle Radio. Absolutely. You can contact us at driver at roadmuscleradio.com. Send us an email if you have something you want us to take a look into, or if you have to know where there's a 1955 Plymouth. 55 Plymouth Savoy. Two-door. <laughs> you know, I'll just take whatever it is. Uh, but uh, a driver at roadmuscleradio.com. Also look for us on Facebook. We're on Twitter. And we're right here where you're listening. I'm Catfish Groves. I'm Brett Hatfield. And thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.